The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For more information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to draw your attention to a very familiar story. It's been preached on many times out of Luke chapter 10, a story we usually refer to as the Good Samaritan. You've probably heard it preached on many, many times, but I want to look at it with you this morning. Matthew, cha- I mean Luke chapter 10, verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, this must have been a familiar question during that time because you go to Matthew chapter 19 and verse 16, and you find another man asking him the same question. Uh, This man's a lawyer, and the other guy we refer, refer to as a rich young ruler that asked him the very same question. But here's the interesting thing. You go to Matthew 19 and read that uh, portion of Scripture, and you'll find that Jesus' answer to that man is totally different than his answer to this man. And I've often thought, if someone asked me a question, I would hope that I have one answer that is good. I don't... (laughs) You know, dream of having two or three or four different ways to answer that question. I hope I have one answer. But Jesus answered at least two different ways that same question. But when we look at this, I want you to notice something. This lawyer was tempting him. This man did not care really about the answer. He was hoping he could catch the Lord in his speech or something that he could trap him with, his sincerity was not there. Now, the rich young ruler did have a sincerity. I know because in the book of Mark, it said the Lord loved him. So we knew that that man was a child of God answering that question because it said the Lord loved him. I don't want to look at uh, the Lord's answer to this man's question. He says unto him, what is written in the law, how readest thou? Now he's asking this, the lawyer asked a question, so the lawyer should know the law. He asked a question, he said, what readest thou in the law, what readest thou? And the man said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and love thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. He said, Thou hast answered right. But he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus begins to answer it this way. He said, a certain man 
went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? And he said, He that showeth mercy on him. Now, when he said, he that showeth mercy on him, I want you to notice that when Jesus asked him the first question, what readest thou in the law? And he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy strength, with all thy mind. He said, thou hast answered right. But when he said the second question was, who do you think was neighbor unto him? And his answer was, he that showed mercy on him. I want you to notice that Jesus did not say, thou has answered right again. Nor did he say, no, you answered wrong. He didn't say either one of them. He didn't say either one to that man, thou has answered right or thou has answered wrong. But he did say this unto him. Go and do thou likewise. Now, here's the first lesson I see in this. I've always heard this saying, sometimes it's true and sometimes it's not, that experience is the best teacher. You've heard that all your life. Experience is the best teacher. Well, sometimes that's true, but sometimes it's not true. Me taking a gun and shooting a man is not the best way to learn thou shalt not kill. Experience is not the best teacher there. Cheating on my wife is not the best uh, uh, way to find out thou shalt not commit adultery. Stealing somebody's money is not the best way to find out thou shalt not kill. The best way to learn those lessons is to believe and trust in God's word. God told us not to do these things, and we should let God's word be the best teacher of that. But in this case, he's showing that man that experience here is going to be the best teacher. He said, go and do thou likewise. Okay, well, if I'm to learn this lesson to go and do thou likewise, then I should try to be a good Samaritan myself. Had this guy work with one time. He come in late to work one day. And everybody asked him, says, why are you late today? He says, oh, I've been out playing the good Samaritan. So we asked him, what are you talking about? 
Oh, I was driving to work and I saw this old lady and she had a flat tire. So I stopped and I changed her tire. And that's why I'm running late today. I was playing the Good Samaritan. And I thought about that, what he said. And I took his words about like this. If you think that that's all there is to being a Good Samaritan, it just happened to an old lady when she has a flat tire. That's like me hitting a home run in Little League and thinking I'm Babe Ruth. You know, maybe I should say Aaron Judge today to get uh, more up to date. Well, let's look and see what the Lord is really saying when he said, go and do thou likewise. I'm going to give you an example. And this could happen to any of us any day. And let's see just how far that we will go to being a good Samaritan as this man went. Let's see how far we'll go. Suppose you're riding down the road. You're driving down the road. And you come up and you see a car that's run off the road and hit a tree. And you could tell that somebody's in that car and they're probably hurt. Okay, are we going to be like the priest and the Levite? What they do when they say the man was hurt, half dead? They pass right on by. They pass right on by. And I tell you, Satan will give you a lot of good excuses not to stop. Oh, somebody's going to stop and help him. The traffic's too fast. I can't, I can't turn around and go back. Uh, you'll get, he'll give you one if that's what you want. He'll give you an excuse not to stop. And two out of the three did that. They passed on by. But it said the Samaritan had compassion on him. In my words, he stopped to check on him. He had compassion on him. Then it says... And he went to him and bound up his wounds. Now, I want to go back just a second before I get to this one. It said that he found him half dead. Now, I'm going to try to explain to you what half dead means to me. The man is alive, but if somebody don't help him and don't help him real quick, he's going to be full dead. To me, that's what half dead is. If somebody don't help him, if they don't help him quick, he'll soon be full dead. And you see that. So this man, he begins to start to help him. He bounds up his wound. Okay, suppose a guy has a cut. Will you find something to wrap up and stop the bleeding? You know, maybe you have to put a tourniquet up. Just, you just tell yourself in your mind as I go through this, how far I'm willing to go. Okay, he stops and he bounds up his wounds. Then it says, pouring out wine, uh, oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Now, you see, this man needs help, and he needs it quick. You don't have time to call for the ambulance. The ambulance leave wherever it's at. 
come here, get him, and then take him back to the hospital. Would you be willing to put him in your car if you could and get him there as quick as you can because I don't think he can last till that ambulance drives here and then back there. He needs to go and he needs to get there as quick as I can. Would you be willing to go that far? Everybody can answer in their own head. You don't have to tell me what your answers are. I've done no mine. What my limit's going to be here. And there's going to be a limit that I doubt very many of us will go all the way. Let's keep going. He put him on his own beast and brought him to the inn and took care of him. Okay, suppose you got somebody and you get them in your car and you bring them to the emergency room. Now, what's going to happen when you get to that emergency room? This guy might not even be conscious. They're going to come and get that patient and start working on them. But I guarantee you somebody's going to come up to you real quick and they're going to try to get some information out of you. And the information they're going to try to get out of you, who's going to pay for this? Do you know this man? Does he have insurance? Do you know him? No, I don't know him. I don't know if he has insurance or not. Well, you know, can you pay a down payment? Uh, you know, somebody, you know, I, I need somebody to, uh, to be responsible for the bills that he's fixing to get. And maybe you're very charitable and you'll say, well, I got $100. I'll, I'll put, it, put that down on the bill. So he put down two pence. Okay, he put down two pence. But here comes the place that people start falling out. Listen to what he tells the innkeeper. He set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay. Now he is promising to pay all the bills that this man is going to inquire. And if we're all honest, that's where we've just been taken out of the ball game. You know, maybe I'll give $100, but I know what hospital bills are about. And you're going to promise to pay all the bills they can get into the thousands and hundreds of thousands real quick in the emergency room. But the Lord said, go and do thou likewise. So no matter how I act in this world, no matter how much I try to help people, I still know my weakness. And I come up short when it comes up to what this man did. And until I'm ready to go all the way, I'm never going to call myself a good Samaritan. Because I haven't did what he did. The Lord said, go and do thou likewise. He said, go and do thou likewise. Now, the little example that I've given you so far is finding someone that you don't know with a car wreck. Now, I know we'll have friends. If we knew the person in a car, we would go further on than we would if it's just a stranger. 
But let's throw a little curve into this story this morning. Now, the Bible does not say who this man was that went from Jerusalem down to Jericho, fell among thieves, stripped him, <laughs> left him half dead. But I want to give this man a name. Not that the Bible tells you who it is, but I want to give you a name to try to get us understand how much this Samaritan is typified of the Lord Jesus Christ. When the Lord is answering the question, I do not believe he's given this man, this lawyer, the question for his sake. Because he already knows this man doesn't care about the answer. He's just, just there tipping him. I want to give this man a name. Let's say his name is John. Or maybe his name is James. Remember James and John? Zebedee's son? You say, why are you giving them these two men's names? Well, look where the story is. It's in Luke chapter 10. Turn the page back to chapter 9 at the very end of it, and let's see what had just happened before the Lord tells this story of the Good Samaritan. Let's see what happens at the end of chapter 9. I'll begin at verse 51. And it came to pass, when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, talking about Jesus, and sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, Will thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elias did? Now here's what James and John said. They're going through this city of the Samaritans. And the Samaritans are not paying Jesus much, night, much attention because he was going to Jerusalem anyway. He was just passing through. So they didn't give him a lot of respect. And it made James and John mad. And James and John asked the Lord this, Lord, will thou have us to call down fire from heaven like a lice and consume them? They wanted to consume them with fire from heaven like a lice did when he called down fire. Well, he called down at least a couple, you go to, and he's not talking about when a lice called down fire to destroy the altar which he did, which had all the water on it. He's talking about Elias in 2 Kings chapter 1, where a king called Elias to come to his house, and he sent his captain and his 50, and he called down fire and devoured those captain and his 50. So he sent 50 more with another captain, and he sent fire down again and destroyed that 50 and his captain. And he sent him the third time, and that captain pr uh, prayed for mercy from Elias. He killed at least 102 people with fire. And that's the fire he's talking about, Elias calling down. 
Now look here. John in the scripture is often referred to as the apostle of love. <laughs> he's showing these guys a lot of love, isn't he? These Americans, he's wanting to kill them with fire. And now look what happens. And I'm not saying this man is James or John, but I'm telling you this. Jesus is not telling this story for the lawyer's sake. He's telling it for James and John's sake. He's telling James and John, and he's making them think in their mind, he's talking about me. I'm the man that has fell among thieves, and look who is left to help me. The priest passed by, the Levite passed by, now, suppose the Samaritan that stopped overheard what James and John had just said. Lord, will thou have us to send down fire and consume them? What if you knew that the person that was in that car wreck was a person that hated you? Hated you to the point that he would have you dead if he could have his way. Now, it's a different story than just somebody we don't know in a car wreck. This time, we do know them. And we know they can't stand us to the point that if they could have their way, they would have us dead. And yet, this Samaritan stopped and helped them. Now, that brings a good Samaritan to a whole new ball game, doesn't it? But you know what this Samaritan now is doing? He's getting closer to what Jesus Christ actually did. You want to see who Jesus died for? Go with me to Romans chapter 5. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. And he's talking about us there. When we said Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 8. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now it said he's died for sinners. It said he died for the ungodly. Well, there's a lot of sinners and ungodly in this world. But maybe they're not messing with me. You know. Well, let's just see when they start messing with you. Go to verse 10. For if when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. When we were yet enemies, when we were like James and John, Christ died for us. He reconciled us to God by his son. That's what that good Samaritan did. These men hated them, 
He didn't help that man because of who that man was. He helped that man because of who he was. Christ died for us not because of who we were. Christ died for us because of who he was. We were enemies. We were ungodly. We were sinners. But yet Christ died for us. And yet the Samaritan didn't go as far as the Lord did. He agreed to pay all his debt. But he was talking about with money. He had done give two pence. He was ready to give more money, whatever it took. He was probably willing to give all his money. But Christ gave his life. And nobody has ever went to the extent Christ did. Christ gave his life for the ungodly, for sinners, for enemies. When we were enemies, God reconciled us to God by the death of his son. Makes you think different about that story now, I hope. What actually those people were actually doing. Got a little time left. Go with me to Matthew 19. We'll look at this story for just a while. Matthew 19, verse 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Same question. And Jesus starts with this man by saying, Why callest thou me good? He said, There's none good but one, that's God. And he's saying this by the way the man addressed him, good master. A master was a teacher, a good teacher. If all you see in me is I'm just a good teacher, if you don't see me as your Lord and Christ, you don't see me as a son of God, then why callest thou me good? He didn't say what wasn't good. He just said, why are you calling me good? There's none good but one, that's God. But he says unto him, if thou will enter into life, Keep the commandments, similar to what the, other, the, the lawyer was. And so this man says, which ones? And so him being a Jew, he turns him to Moses' law. Listen to what he said. Thou shalt do no murder. <coughs> I want to look at that the way Jesus said it there. Thou shalt do no murder. Now, when he gave the law to Moses, it said, Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. You ever had a Pharisee ask you this question? You may not know they're a Pharisee, but I'm telling you they are one if they ask you this question. Do you believe in capital punishment? If he's a Pharisee, he's waiting for you to say yes because you know what he's going to quote you. Thou shalt not kill. That's going to be the first thing that comes out of his mouth. But Jesus was the best explainer 
of Moses that there was. He's explaining what the verse thou shalt not kill means. Thou shalt do no murder. Capital punishment is not murder. Matter of fact, it is what the Lord commanded us to do in the law. Genesis, I believe it is, 9.16, I mean, be off on that verse. God said, Whosoever sheddeth man's blood, by man's hand shall his blood be shed. That's what the law of God said. Whosoever sheddeth man's blood, shall man's hands, shall his blood be shed. You go to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. He said, These six things does the Lord hate, yea, seven are abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. When you put someone to death in the gas chamber, you're not shedding innocent blood. He's already shed somebody else's blood, and we're just doing what God's law says. That's why Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder. He's explaining to us what thou shalt not kill entails. There's men get killed in war all the time. God commanded Saul to kill a whole village. In war, you're killing people. But that's not murder. That's defending country, and that's defending uh, oppressed people. There's wars all over the Bible that God sent them in to fight. You could go on with that line of thinking. He said, thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother and love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, if you in Matthew 19, you just, he just read you five of the Ten Commandments. Read five of them. And I'm always inquisitive. Lord, why didn't you quote all ten of them? There was ten, you only quoted five. Why didn't you quote all ten of them? Then I found out the reason. He didn't have to. When you see the Ten Commandments, the first four deal with loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Thou shalt have no other gods before thee. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain and remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Those four deal with loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. The next six deal with loving neighbors thyself. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not uh, commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and honor thy father and thy mother as thyself. Those six deal with loving God, I mean loving neighbors thyself. And he named five of those. He'll say, why didn't he look at any of the other four? Because God knows this. If you're not loving neighbors thyself, you ain't loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. If a man say he loves God and hateth his neighbor, he is a liar. 
For he that loveth not his neighbor whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? He said, you can't do it. You cannot love God with all your heart and soul and mind if you're not loving your neighbors yourself. So he didn't have to do that. All he had to do is look how this man was doing these. Okay, look what the rich young ruler said. He said, all these things have I kept from my youth up. Well, he hadn't done that, but he claims he had. But even in that, he's got it wrong. He said, all these things have I kept from my youth up. If you're going to heaven by keeping the law, you better have kept all these things from your birth up. Because, see, you can sin at birth. What the book of Psalms says, the wicked are strange from the womb as soon as they be born, speaking lies. It says the baby can lie the moment it's born. Because it's got the sinful nature of Adam in it. And it'll begin to lie as soon as it begins to talk. But the Lord didn't name one of those six that deals with loving neighbors ourselves. If you read that again in Matthew uh, 19 there, you'll see one's missing. And the one that's missing that he didn't quote was, thou shalt not covet. He didn't mention that one. But he's fixing to mention it to him in his own way. When he said, all these things have I kept from my youth up, Jesus says this unto him, go and sell all that you have, give to the poor, and come follow me. He's showing him now thou shalt not covet. Covet your money. And he said, the man went away sorrowful, for he had many possessions. He just showed him, thou shalt not covet. And even himself could not say to that, all these things have I kept from my youth up. He knew the law. He knew that was in there. But the Lord now showed it to him real plain. Go and sell all you have. Give to the poor. Come and follow me. Now, the apostles were standing by with the Lord when he told that man, and he went away sorrow for he had many possessions. And they got a question for the Lord, because they just had they just heard the Lord tell him, if you're gonna go to heaven by the law, you're gonna have to be perfect. Every moment of your life, you're gonna have to be perfect. So their question was this. Well, who then can be saved? You know, Lord, you ain't led away for nobody. None of us can live to perfection. Who then can be saved? I want you to notice how the Lord answers two questions. The one that the rich young ruler had, then he answers the one the apostles had. What was the rich young ruler's question? What good thing shall I do? that I may have eternal life. And here's the way Jesus answered that man's question. 
with men this is impossible. It is impossible for you to do anything to get eternal life. And yet our friends up and down the road are telling them all kinds of things to do to get eternal life. But the Lord said, with men, this is impossible. Well, what was the second question? Who then can be saved? And here's Jesus' answer to that. With God, all things are possible. He answered both of them's questions. But the sad part about this rich young ruler is that he left before the Lord answered his question. He left before he found out how someone really gets eternal life. With God, all things are possible. And too many times people leave our church before they hear the answer. The answer that the Lord has for any question. God bless you this morning. Hope this message on these two different people asking the same question, the Good Samaritan was totally different than the way the rich young ruler was, but both of them are correct from the Lord. God bless you. We thank you for listening to today's message and invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For further information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org.